if we think about recovery from COVID, it has to be place-based. It has to be led by people with the great connection to the communities that they have. And I think Uriman is a really great example of that. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 216 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Kylie Hansen and Pat Ryan. Kylie Hansen is an executive director of Impact Seed, co-founding Impact Seed in 2015 as WA's only social enterprise and impact investment capacity builder. Since then, Kylie has worked with stakeholders across the community, social finance and government sector to develop frameworks, programs, policy and funding to support the development of an impact investment and measurement ecosystem in Western Australia. Kylie's experience traverses the government, corporate, not-for-profit and social finance sectors. Prior to founding Impact Seed, she was the founding CEO and director of import-export startup venture Empowering Communities, which focused on international development within and into Cambodia through a B2B and B2C retail social enterprise model. Kylie holds qualifications including Juris Doctor or Postgrad Law at UWA, she's got a Bachelor of Commerce, Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Community Development, Grad Cert in Project Management and Grad Cert in Social Impact. So a huge array of studies there. And Pat Ryan is the CEO of Dismantle, which is a social enterprise creating employment opportunities for young people at risk in Perth and regional Western Australia. Pat began his career in the Department for Child Protection after completing a degree in Behavioural Science. And following the experience at DCP, Pat developed Dismantle's flagship youth engagement program in 2012 to lead the organization through a structural change and take on the CEO position in 2015. Dismantle now has a turnover of over $1.5 million with 18 staff members and sees 400 youth participants take part in the programming each year. Pat's also a member of Westpac Foundation's 2020 Social Fellowship Program, being recognized for his achievements in and contribution to the youth and social sector in WA. So, Pat and Kylie, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Great to be here. It is. It's good to have you both talking on the other side of Australia today. So, to kick off then, Kylie, perhaps it'd be great to hear a little bit about your background and what led to your passion in social enterprise and impact investing. Yeah, absolutely. So I've spent a little bit of time in the corporate sector, started out in Deloitte, in fact, and spent some time in local government as well. But I think my key sort of starting point for social enterprise was running empowering communities in Cambodia. It it was a social enterprise where we worked with women and had them making different products and hand-pulled carpets made of recycled materials, and then we sold those internationally. And the purpose was actually to get kids into school. So it was a, a multifaceted social impact that we were trying to create there. So yeah. 
I think after Empowering Communities, I moved back to Perth and I started working with the WA Council of Social Service. And that sort of policy background and, and that, I guess, thinking about the community services sector and the requirements for that sector in building fee-for-service, revenue generation, trying to be sustainable, mm. that all kind of coalesced. So I met Sven, my husband, <clears throat> and also the co-founder of Impact Seed. And we thought, well, this market doesn't really exist here in WA. What can we do to try to create? Yep. Really, from there, it's just been an evolution and working with wonderful people like Pat and other social entrepreneurs in WA to try and build that market. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really interesting background there, Kylie. So what about yourself, Pat? You have a big passion there in helping at-risk youth. Tell us a little bit about your background. What led to this passion? Yeah, I guess having a few experiences through uni in the remote East Kimberley, which is the top northeast of WA. In Aboriginal communities there, working with young people and adults on just community capacity building for about six months at different stints um, over three years. Mm. I kind of just grew up in the western suburbs in, in Perth, in a pretty affluent area, and really just opened my eyes to different ways of being and also just like systemic power structures that we have in our society. Yeah. But then after finishing uni, I kind of wanted to dedicate myself to trying to change the disempowerment that people in poverty experience. Mm. And so to kind of get hands-on and get a, a better feel for it, went to Department for Child Protection. I thought, where can I go so I can sort of see when things have hit absolutely rock bottom, and that's young people in care. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's where I focus my efforts. As I was there, I was working in an out-of-home care house, and that's four young people with 12 full-time staff members on a rotating roster mm. looking after up to four young people at a time. It's extremely challenging. The young people have gone through horrific trauma. And so every single day there is an absolute crisis that as a small team you need to deal with. Yeah. And I kind of felt during my experience there, like I definitely burnt out. I was only there for about two, two and a half years. Mm. I, was there, I was just like, like things, our society shouldn't let these kind of things happen. And so I was so frustrated with this revolving door of working with young people, having to call the police, a young person going to prison, yep. coming out, being on a suspension order, coming back to the home then getting into trouble again, going back into prison. It was this revolving door of yeah. police, prison, child protection. And I was like, look, I think this isn't where I want to be dedicating my efforts. Mm. So I thought a couple of levels up the chain, maybe if, we can, if I can work in an area that prevents this sort of stuff happening before it gets even worse, um, there might be a better use of my time. So kind of from that experience, I just haven't looked back. And nine years later, I'm still the dismantle, trying to work on prevention and intervention rather than corrective kind of corrective action. It's really, really interesting and important work, Pat. So give us a little bit more information about Dismantle then. Ultimately, what is it that you're doing there? Bait and switch. So we do this really fun bike program that gets young people that haven't been seen by a school in six months or more or mm. having a really tough time, maybe you're too anxious to leave their house. So yeah, basically it's, just, it's, it's outreach and engagement yep. using bike mechanics. So we have youth workers and OTs that dress up as bike mechanics and they work in schools and youth centres to capture the attention of young people mm. that otherwise don't function well in those environments. Yep. And then after they've finished that initial program, we then nominate some young people to then work for us. So we run a couple of social enterprises that provide employment opportunities for those young people mm. after they fin finish that program. So all up for the initial engagement program, it's a three-month experience and that's just getting young people into education and training pathways. Yep. And then the employment is an additional six months after that. So some young people have been with us for over nine months employed. Yeah, and so that's, that's the organisation. That's what everyone does is just get young people to become self-sufficient young adults. Fantastic. It sounds like it's a great way to try and break that cycle that you're talking about a little bit earlier. 
So, yeah. Kylie, I'm really keen to hear a little bit more from yourself as well as CEO at Impact Seed or one of the key directors and co-founders there. What sort of projects are you guys involved in and ultimately why do you exist? Yeah, so we set up primarily because there wasn't, I guess, a lot happening in WA. So probably for listeners maybe not as familiar with the with the sector in WA, we're a lot more nascent here. We don't have as many, well, I guess our population isn't as large, but yeah. that means we also don't have as many enterprises. We don't have as many investors, foundations, um, intermediaries, et cetera. So mm. Sven and I were actually looking ourselves to potentially make some impact investments, but there just wasn't anything we were comfortable with, anything at all, really. So that's why we established, we, we care about building the market. So we kind of straddle an intermediary and field builder kind of role, which is a bit unusual. And so a lot of the work that we do is impact measurement work. So we can't have impact investment and social enterprise if we're not thinking about how we measure the yeah. impact of that. But we work with a collective called impact collective which is three large not-for-profits in wa looking to i guess support co-design and invest in enterprises yeah it's kind of a collective with a bit of capacity building support there as well um we're a very proud partner of the wa impact fund which is only a small fund 20 mil but seeded by wa super managed by iig um, and is one of the very first, at least that we know of, place-based funds in Australia and mm. not elsewhere. And so a couple of other initiatives really are focused around the establishment of Impact Investment Alliance of WA yep. and the WA Social Enterprise Council. And that's been a really exciting move, hearing about the WA Social Enterprise Council. And uh, I mean, obviously, beside all that other work that you've been doing to help build the sector, so... You're both key members of WASEC, so please tell us a little bit more about this new network, its purpose, and why you formed. So I think more than anything, the reason we formed is, is it's like, why didn't we form sooner? Mm. So, so, so Impact C were doing some work, just sort of gathering some data about what social enterprises were in WA, some really great work there. And because of that, the, the network of social enterprises from startup to established started to self-organize I and mean, that was partly contributed to COVID I think a bit as well because everyone was just more used to using Zoom yes. so it was easy to have this network of probably about a hundred um, different social enterprise representatives coming together and so be- kind of because of that momentum because of that progress and also the realization that there wasn't some sort of peak body to represent the voice of social enterprises in WA, WASAC just kind of naturally formed as the, as the, the natural next step. And then I guess when, it, when we talk about purpose and, you know, why WASEC, really it's, it's peak representative body. So as an example, I have been running, well, I've been running Defender for five years and been involved in this space for almost 10 years. Yeah. And I, I was aware of maybe three, maybe four social enterprises in WA. Mm. Like I just, I've been in here for so long, but there just wasn't some sort of platform where people were talking about social enterprise in Western Australia. Yeah. And so it's, it's really just... It's about time that there's a representative body shining a light on the great work that enterprises in WA are doing. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like fantastic work and and obviously a great time to be doing it. So Kylie, what are your thoughts on on the new Social Enterprise Council and, and more broadly observations of the social enterprise sector in Western Australia? The mapping project that Pat spoke to, we did that probably late last year finding the time to actually pull together the results and analysis this year. But we had about 173 responses to that. So that really indicated to us that, you know, we kind of knew that there were people out there trading to fulfill a mission. So 
um, I guess we as impact lead and, and ways to kind of take a broader, like a, a broad church perspective to who who's in the tent in terms of social enterprise because I think we don't really have the luxury of being able to be quite exclusive and specific about definition. So we kind of yeah. go with a little bit pushing the bounds of what's socially enterprising rather than what is a social enterprise. Yes. And, you know, that in and of itself is quite a contentious discussion. Right? It is. But Back to the point. So we had about 173 responses, but the key thing that came out of that really was that the sector was small. So it's they're very small social enterprises and often at the start of their journey. Mantle's mm. actually one of the very few established. Don't know how Pat feels about talking about established or how he would describe dismantle, but <laughs> one of the more established social enterprises and Pat would be one of the more experienced social entrepreneurs that we have here in WA. Mm. And I think like really echoing what pat said like people who just didn't know that they would necessarily see what someone else is doing and describe that as social enterprise that really speaks i guess to the public or common understanding about what this is yep. um, and so yeah it really came through that that just wasn't there mm, fantastic well it's great to hear that it's it sounds like it's it's growing it's growing quickly over there and and i'm sure you know, and bringing the council together, that'll help bring that united front and, and ideally help influence policy and, and create a, a strong environment for, you know, the business for good movement to grow. So impact investment, you've spoken a little bit about it today, Kylie, but do you see any opportunities over there in WA for better support for impact-led businesses? Yeah, absolutely. I think supporting the development of social enterprise or impact-led businesses Impact investment has to play a, a critical role within that. We kind of like to think about impact investment in terms of sharing power, right? So the traditional financial relationship that we ordinarily have yeah. are really the people with the money hold the power, right? Mm. So like we like to think around impact investment being more collaborative, more of sharing of that power rather than it being held by people that have the money. So I think a couple of key initiatives in terms of impact investment have the opportunity to play a really important role in WA. One is looking at how the blend, the concept of blended finance mm. and can layer some of that more patient capital alongside some of the maybe traditional impact investment or um, traditional finance mechanisms. I think particularly for startup, impact-led businesses and social enterprises, that's really important. Yep. And I think increasingly with the COVID environment and looking to recovery, Social procurement is something that is a great opportunity, even though perhaps not technically impact investment. It's one of those tools in the toolbox that can really support the development of social enterprise and impact business. Yeah, great points. And I think both obviously have a pretty good feel for this social enterprise movement within Australia. So, Pat, did you want to add where you may see any sort of strong opportunities to build on the current momentum of these different state-based networks and momentum that we're seeing in Australia right now? It's a good question. I hope that WA can catch up very rapidly to what's already been happening in Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland for a decade now. But I'm not sure. I think that WA is a unique unique state in some ways and mm. that there is opportunity for us to build something as a, as a network and as individual enterprises, build something that's fit for purpose for way our state operates, in particular in regional areas, like the really remote regional areas. I'm excited about just kind of supporting growth and development in social enterprise in regional Western Australia. Yeah. Look, I'm not sure. I think I think the, the thing that I'm focused on right now is is kind of building and catching up um, to yeah. to some of the, the you know state of affairs that's in Victoria, New South Wales. But then beyond that, yeah, I think in, in a couple of years we can start thinking about 
what's unique about Western Australia that we can harness and, and cultivate, I guess, to, to get the best outcome for, for this state. Yeah, absolutely. And Kyle, you might want to add to that, but I was thinking as well, there's no doubt a whole heap of really inspiring projects and initiatives that you've both come across. So Kylie, did you want to take a bit of a lead on that? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we're talking to, I mentioned before, one of WA's oldest social enterprises with Pat and Dismantle. There's a wonderful employment-based social enterprise here in WA called Loop, which actually creates different kinds of consumable skincare hygiene products and Mm. supports organisations with upcycling of their uniforms and their work clothing into brand new items that they then use for their workers or on sale. And so the Loop is trying to engage with people with disability and others experiencing vulnerability and disadvantage from the employment perspective and create a centre of excellence to increase the manufacturing capacity of the state again, um, which I think as we have seen with COVID is is quite a significant challenge for Australia really. Yeah. One, which I think is really cool. And I think in terms of, and you know, making a quick link back to opportunities in the recovery of COVID, we've worked with some time with a series of social enterprises run by the Uriman Women. Um, so Uriman Women have a, a, a bunch of small social enterprises focused on, on country healing, on bush harvest, on art, mm. and it's part of a broader intergenerational cultural program across four different language groups up in the Kimberley. And I think if we think about recovery from COVID, it has to be place-based. It has to be led by um, people with the great connection to the communities that they have. And I think Uriman's a really great example of that. So, yeah. You're kind of linking two questions at once there, Tom. Yeah, great. There's some beautiful examples there. To finish off then, I think a great great question would be to hear what sort of books or resources would you recommend to the people listening in? <laughs> Pat and I had a conversation about this. <laughs> we don't have time to read. <laughs> but, um, no. I joke. I'm in the middle of two books, so that's taking me an extraordinary long, long time to get through them. But I think Dark Emu, Bruce Pascoe and White Fragility are, are really important books, particularly for this time that we find ourselves in, to yes. make sure that I think social enterprises built on this sharing power as is impact investment. And I think you know some of the most fundamental um, concepts around sharing power and, and our own approaches and challenging our own reflections and attitudes and beliefs. Like, I think that's one of the most fundamental things that we can do. And so we also at Impact Seed really enjoy the Teen Human podcast. I thought I'd chuck that one in there as well. Nice one. What about yourself, Pat? So the one that came to mind, actually, is actually from, I saw Kylie's suggestion. It's his book called Wyndham Yellowfeller by an author, Reg Birch. It was written a couple of decades ago, and it's just a lived experience of John Generation, Aboriginal man growing up on traditional owned land um, mm. in the East Kimberley. Yep. And Reg Birch is an absolute poet and a man that I met when I was in Wyndham. He's living on a quarter acre block because he says he can get more rights as an Aboriginal person on his quarter acre block that he's bought than he could as a traditional owner of land. And then the other book that I was going to suggest was Living with ADHD. And the reason I brought that up is just I've got some tendencies of just sporadic kind of thinking. And reading something like that just really gave me a lot more comfort about harnessing talents based on personality rather Mm. than trying to fight against your your, your sort of weaknesses. And so for people that are doing social enterprise, just focusing on strengths and utilizing strengths and having a diverse kind of personality spread in an organization is just a really great thing. And just reading a book like that just kind of solidified that for me. And then podcast is really generic, but I just love hearing individual stories of, of how they grew an idea into an enterprise. So the podcast, how I started this, is just a very entertaining listen every time. 
Wonderful. Well, I'll stick links through to all of those books and, and podcasts in your article. So, Kylie and Pat, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you both today, and we'll certainly look forward to following both of your journey and the sector's journey over in Western Australia, and look forward to chatting again in the near future. Thanks again for your time today. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Pleasure. Yeah, our pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.